Shut up and sit down. When the Wind Blows is an epic, inspired podcast bringing innovation to professional development. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows, an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, and well, just anyone vested in the world of education. Today's guest um, is truly an inspiration to me. Um, He may be an inspiration to you and you don't even know it. He spoke at last year's graduation in the Tulsa area. And I knew the moment that I listened to that speech, I had no idea that uh, that he worked for, for Epic or was getting ready to come on to Epic. I just remember thinking, that guy has something to say and I could listen to him all day long. Lee Rowland, thank you for being my guest on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. It's such, uh, thank you for such a wonderful introduction. <laughs> Lee, um, who are you? How long have you been in the world of education? And how did you get to come to Epic? Oh, great question. I'm a retired principal, uh, the last of which was a turnaround school in an urban district here in Oklahoma City. And um, the school had failed in every level, it had been a failure in every um, measurement. And um, we, my staff and I, completely turned our school around. Um, so I was there 12 years, and so it's a situation that was very, very, um, uh, very, very sad and unfortunate on a lot of levels turned around to be a, a beautiful picture uh, in every manner. And now a school that uh, I would say is thriving, where te- teachers want to be there, kids want to be there. and. Um, parents want their kids there. And so I, I'm so excited. I retired early, uh, Aaron, so that I could go and then hopefully um, help other schools to do likewise. So uh, I retired early to speak, consult, train other educators with hopes of helping them truly leave no child behind. And so um, uh, prior to coming on at Epic, I was doing that um, um, on a weekly basis, just speaking all over the place. I've spoken from actually Boston to Arizona, just talking largely to educators and helping them to understand the complexity of the problem, and, and but also giving them answers. Uh, I'm also a pastor at the parish in Oklahoma City. I'm an adjunct professor at Southern Nazarene University, where I teach um, sociology of community and cultures, uh, helping future principals and superintendents to really get a good grapple of what they need to do to lead our schools well and to serve our schools even better. I've been in education almost 35 years. I love it. And so, I got to Epic by way of uh, uh, our co-founder, Ben Harris, and I met right before, really initially before Epic uh, 
came into being and we discussed the possibility of me coming on an epic at that point and that did not materialize one of the reasons i had i had recently gotten to this challenging school if you would and had gotten people to buy into the vision that, that i shared uh within probably a year just had teachers like hey i, I want to be a part of this and it would not have been something that i could have done uh with any kind of um comfort to leave those people after selling them on a dream and on a vision so um i retired i've been speaking and training and consulting and uh mr harris and i connected again and he said lee what do you think about coming to epic and the idea of an opportunity to make an impact in a district that serves a disproportionate number of at-risk children uh, excites me to no end. Uh, I, I I cannot stomach, I cannot fathom the idea of children failing not because of any fault of their own, but because people just know best practices, they don't know how they are missing uh, these children, what they need to do uh, better to get children to, to help children to, to not just um, stay in school, but to actually thrive um, and, and to help uh, educators understand our parents are not sending uh, their, their worst child to us or whatnot. They're sending their best and they just need us uh, to love their kids, and so part of my success and earn is actually helping un uh, educators understand how much uh, uh, our children need them to just love them and to just uh, try to understand and accept them for who they are. Uh, the, our children live in uh, some tremendously difficult uh, times, and we know about the ACE factors now and they're publicized but this is nothing new uh, we know that our children are, have been dealing with issues since the beginning of time someone put a label on it and now we're, it's brought some attention to it but as an educator i've known this all my career i taught spe um, special education at that time it was identified as the seriously emotionally disturbed uh, distinction. And I knew then that children needed uh, us to bring and to give our best. And so if you can't tell uh, anyone listening to this, I'm extremely passionate about us owning uh, the greater part of the responsibility in helping our children be successful. Uh, our children are highly malleable. They, they, they can adjust to anything. And if we uh, have high expectations for them, uh, but the highest expectations have to be on us. I've waxed too long on that, but I think you get my point. I could literally end this episode here, and I think we'd have a thousand listens. I mean, you Perfect. are true. I could listen to you all day long, Lee. Um, today's topic is... it. it it follows the new title that you've been given at Epic. I mean, you were directing principles in leadership last year, and, and this year we've decided to truly hone in on the background and, and all of the um, 
I mean, we need to be educated. So, so today's episode is diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. and you are now the new director of diversity and inclusion. Yes, you know, at Epic, we do not turn students away, but are we inclusive and diverse enough? Are we doing what we need to do for where does where is Epic in, in this? Uh, probably continuum. Are we on the, sure. the, the low end or are we doing an okay job right now? Well, as much as I would love to say yes, Aaron, I can't answer this question in the affirmative uh, because inclusion and diversity means not only letting me be present physically, not only welcoming me physically as a student, but also letting me be present and welcoming me emotionally. So in fairness to Epic, uh, I would assert that few, if any schools, districts or systems are doing that well at this point. We say you're welcome, uh, come to our school, come to our church, come to our business, but really leave uh, your your culture uh, at the door if culture is not like mine. Leave that at the door. Don't don't bring that in here. And so lots of, and, and I know this is all about school, but lots of churches and lots of businesses feel like they are. But not until this year uh, was this really kind of come to the forefront. Uh, I'm tickled pink, and I use it in one of my presentations. But Mike Krzyzewski, coach of Duke Blue Devils, uh, did a YouTube video that I use now in my presentations that says, yes, Black Lives Matter. And he said, I did not realize this. I've been coaching these athletes uh, all my career, and I did not realize the blinders that I had on. Okay, these are guys that are out there winning national championships. And so they've been telling their, their, their black athletes, hey, you're welcome to our university. Come, and we're going to serve you well and whatnot but what they don't realize is a lot of our black students in particular have just gone along to get along so i don't share with you my fears i don't share with you uh, uh my world because i really don't think that you want to know about my world and so i don't want epic to feel bad because i i can call up I don't know a school district that could probably pat themselves on the back and say, we do a good job of making every child feel like you're welcome. So the, 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 the black population, that's one population, but our uh, LGBTQ community, uh, our indigenous Americans, uh, uh, Native Americans, our Latino, I mean, it goes on and on. We, most of our school systems didn't mean to be non-inclusive. Uh, when they told that student, you can't wear that hijab, hijab on, on your hair, or you got to, this is what we're serving in the cafeteria, and you know you eat it or else. Uh, this is something that we're going to celebrate uh, regardless. We're going to celebrate 89er Day here, and our schools, many of them weren't aware that, you know what, I'm actually harming emotionally 
a child or a family, um, the name of our mascot and things like that. So this is something that the Washington, formerly the Washington Redskins, this was a big deal. And their ownership said, we're not changing that. And uh, not until this year, and unfortunately, some tragic events that actually set off a catalyst in this country that made some people really, really uh, do some heart searching. Uh, for those that didn't do some heart searching, they still understood, I probably need to do something unless uh, this thing starts to uh, just cave in on me. So uh, my philosophy is, uh, I don't really care why people do the right thing. I wish they would do the right thing for the right reason. But if they'll just do the right thing re regardless, I I'm excited about it. So just do what's right. And so one more time, no, we're not where we're uh, where we want to be, but we're having that conversation right now. And that alone, I think, puts us probably up toward the front because a lot of our school districts aren't even having this conversation, aren't even having this interview. They think we're doing fine, Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, and no, we're not. No, no we're not. I uh, went to Union High School and I went to NSU and uh, Union this year has removed Redskins uh, as their mascot. And, and I actually don't know what it's been replaced with. Do you know already? I do not. Okay. I don't remember. But I, I do remember several years ago. Gosh, I mean, uh, I mean, 10, 11 years ago, NSU changed their mascot, yeah, uh, you know, and, and I remember them changing it and thinking, well, gosh, did they just lose a bunch of heritage? But, uh, you know, it, I mean, that was 11 year old, uh, 11 years ago, Aaron. Um, but the Aaron that has seen so many people pushed away and my blinders had been taken off, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm proud to be a river hawk, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm proud to be a river hawk and I'm proud that they didn't change their name because of a trend that they were on the forefront of changing their name, you know, uh, now. So Lee. Talk to me about, we're not where we are, you know, where we're at. And, and I had a feeling you were going to say that. And I'm actually okay that we've got room to grow because if you're not growing, then what are you doing? Um, but what is your plan? You know, you've got um, this new position and with a new position comes a new plan, you know, uh, typically. What are some ways that you are thinking um, that, that, you can bring some change in this area to EPIC and, and to our teachers, to our students, to, to everyone. Uh, Epic, uh, I mean, Erin, uh, that's a great question. What is my plan? Um, um, had you, had we not had to pause, uh, I would have left this part out. One of the things I want to do uh, is I want to build relationships with our stakeholders, our MDIs, assistant superintendents, teachers, I want to build relationships with them so that they will feel safe with Lee Rowland and with this idea, this concept of inclusion and diversity. Unfortunately, uh, many are not even comfortable
for even having the conversation. Uh, some do not want to admit that we have a problem. So that one right there is huge in and of itself, a formidable um, challenge for us for those that don't even realize that we have a problem and don't even want to discuss it. Uh, but the other issue is that some people don't feel safe even asking those questions. So what I want to do is build relationships with people so that uh, this work that I do, that it's on my heart, I think part of what God put me here to do is just try to help um, uh, people to, to connect better, to serve better, uh, to, to do community better. And, um, and so, uh, so I think that's my starting point. But the next thing I want to do, part of my plan is creating awareness. Uh, in my book, The Fantastic Voyage, one of the things I share is uh, a lot of people don't know what they don't know. And that's the worst kind of don't know it. Okay, when I don't know, um, when I know what I don't know, then that's more pardonable. And the example I like to use, if I have a messy home and Aaron, I invite Aaron and her family over and my home is a mess and I say, hey guys, excuse the mess. You will pardon me because uh, to some extent, because I told you it's a mess. We've got a few things. We're working on something right now, or you caught us unexpectedly. And but when I welcome you in my home, and I don't even know that my home is a mess, that is horrible. And you, when you drive away, you won't pardon me. You won't forgive me as easy because it's like Lee did not know that his home was a mess. So what what? I want to do is create awareness because unfortunately, and I love educators. Oh, I do, I do, I do. I love them with all my heart. But some of them don't realize that our schools, our classrooms, I don't want to use a mess because people may not uh, palate that as much, but the, our, our, our classrooms aren't as safe as they need to be. So I want them to, to, to I want to create some awareness so people know what they don't know. Uh, sometimes people are saying things that make an Aaron Barnes or a Lee Rowland just slump down in their seat by something that they said or that they didn't say that they did or that they didn't do. And when I share, when I create this awareness, people's eyes will do, I mean, will bulge out of their head. I said that, I did that, I did not realize I was inflicting harm. When I wanted to do good, I was doing bad. I, 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 I was offending and I didn't know that. So I want to create awareness. I have training that, that does that. And then I want to train, I want to train, and I want to train and in case I didn't say it, I want to train. <laughs> Uh, uh, and I want people to feel free to contact me, a teacher. Uh, I have been contacted by teachers saying, I see this problem. Can you help me with it? And I have thus been to our leadership, been to them, uh, blind copied them, emails and communication that I have with uh, various stakeholders within Epic just so that they could be aware of it. Um, 
uh, I, I want to share this too. One of the things that excites me about Epic is uh, the heart of our of our leadership and the, the names of people that I just mentioned are very, very, um, their hearts uh, and their minds in the right place. And I do believe that Epic, now the largest school district in Oklahoma, uh, stands at the uh, uh, at the doorstep of really um, not only being uh, the, the, a model of excellence in terms of delivering uh, um, education primarily virtually, but also by being a, an inclusive um, school district that takes care of every child to the best of their ability and takes care of the total child, not just part of the child. You know, I remember um, reading a story uh, when I first became a teacher. Uh, a, the very first year I became a teacher, uh, I and my daughter were about one of three uh, white people in the school. And I remember I read Paul Tuff. I read, um, oh, what was the other book? I can't remember the other book. But but basically, uh, and the Paul Tuff book was Whatever It Takes. I don't know if you've read that one. So amazing. Uh, in college, we were asked to read books. But I read an article that, and, and the books were good, and they were eye-opening, and, and um but I read this article and it made me think, oh my gosh, how do we change lesson plans from here on out? Because the, less, the, the article was about teaching the Vietnam War. I was a history you know, major. And with the number of uh, Vietnamese Americans we have in California and in Florida and some of these other places, um, the, the teacher was teaching on the Vietnam War from a textbook that they had had that was probably a little outdated. I mean, you know, textbook uh, buys happen once every five years. Can you even imagine how long it's going to take and what the textbooks will look like five years from now based on the things that are happening right now, Lee, first of all? But, but this article... Um, was talking about this teacher teaching the the Vietnam War from her very American and, and Western point of view and how it made this girl in her class just cry and and how that girl was like, I have a totally different experience with this. I, I can't relate. And, and it was horrible and it was atrocious. And, and I remember my grandmother telling me these stories now uh, of her firsthand experiences. And that is not what happened in Vietnam, you know, and, and the teacher realizing in the moment that she needed to educate herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lee, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, the, the Twitter chat here in Oklahoma for Ed is super strong. And it's not just Oklahoma educators anymore that are a part of it. I mean, it's, it's a very sure. national chat. And it's the longest running education chat. I believe they're on five years now, every single Sunday, wow. with the exception of one Christmas, because the Sunday fell on Christmas. Mm-hmm. But we had a school to prison pipeline chat. And uh, I believe it was innocent enough in the beginning, but, uh, and gosh, I think this was three years ago. So, I mean, certainly before woke was something that was, um, on the, the 
everybody's uh, tip of their tongue, certainly before uh, Black Lives Matter, you know, but um, the the quite there was a question of what do you think are the top contributors to this and and I put um, from my very white eyes my answer and I remember the hashtag um, EduColors coming after me and and I I just thought I no you've got me all wrong I'm not a racist I'm not a racist but. Gosh darn it, if I didn't think about it from my own point of view versus anybody else's point of view. And I remember having this conversation with Shana White, and she's not even an Oklahoma educator. I, I actually don't know where she lives. I, I want to say somewhere in um, North Carolina. But um, she was like, you need to educate yourself. And I was like, well, can I ask you? And she says, you know, it's not my job to educate you. Here's a hashtag you can look at. Here are some magazines you can look at. Uh, here, you know, here's a way to go get some some information. And I just thought, well, that was the rudest, most ridiculous, uh, you know, comments you could have made. And then after some time, and after talking with several other people, I thought, well, gosh, you know, she's probably right. It's not her job to educate me. It's my job to educate myself. And how busy would that gal be with her full-time education job sure. training every white person on how to open their eyes or how to remove those filters? And so uh, that was a very, uh, the, the Vietnamese conversation, I mean, uh, article was eye-opening, but then the, uh, the school to prison pipeline was very personally eye-opening. Um, how can we help these people um, realize that their home is a mess if they don't realize it? How how do you start that? I mean, and, and I think you said you were going to love them and you were going to build relationships with them. At, at what point, you've got a relationship with me, do you say, Aaron, your house is kind of messy. <laughs> how, do, how do you do that? Well, um... A year ago, and I sat down at the newly renovated uh, Epic offices and uh, whatnot, and we had this conversation about when and how do we actually start to have this conversation and do this training. And so um, things didn't, some other things got pushed ahead of it, and I certainly understand understand that because we've had um, some some things that we really needed to attend to last year, especially we were trying to look at um, making sure that our our scores and whatnot, achievement scores were at a level that were we were we were making a, the kind of progress with our students that we need to. So to answer your question, uh, as soon as possible, uh, I want to uh, I want to if you would, train, have a conversation with all staff. This is an issue that uh, I call it the pink elephant in the room. Uh, this issue of discussing race and just getting over ourselves and getting comfortable with it. The sooner we do, the sooner we can start to have those uh, introspective looks at ourselves and look at, okay, I wasn't aware of this. Here's a change that I want to make. But this this uh, this recording, uh, I hope 
that some people will then reach out to me just individually before the end and just say, hey, can I talk? Could you train, uh, do some work with, uh, with my team? Um, uh, and I just, I just want to help at, in any level if someone wants to engage me. And so our ideas and our ideas for creating platforms for discussion and making progress are all over the place. I mean, my list is, uh, my list is, is inexhaustive right now. Um, uh, but we're looking at, uh, and I'm a part of some other initiatives and I'd love for our group to do the due diligence. Anyone that's listening to this, I'm a part of Stronger Together OKC. And they can go to the website and look at Stronger Together uh, Clarence Hill and see some of the work that we are doing. We have a dream clock. And I'd love for people to look at the dream clock and see where they are in terms of understanding some of the issues that we're dealing with right now. Um, things are a mess. Epic, uh, Aaron, you and I had this conversation before we started on the recording. Things are truly, truly a mess right now in America. We are as divided as we've ever been. It affects faith. It expect, uh, affects business, sports, and absolutely it impacts education. And so, uh, Stronger Together, we've had, uh, we would have done uh, our fifth conference this year, uh, the Crossing the Bridge Conference, and it got COVID uh, blocked. And so we plan to do that conference again. But um, to answer your question one more time, uh, I think one of the places we start, Aaron, is just one-on-one -on -one conversations. And I think as people just start to have that, and become vulnerable and share what they don't know. Oklahoma, Oklahoma has a long, long way to go, a long way to go. And I say that uh, out of shame. I love this place, and I'll share this one story with you, and and, and shut up. But uh, we have my wife has a friend who lives in um, uh, Oklahoma City area. Uh, who's white and her friend said Wanda I want you and Lee to come stay with us this is right during the uh, right the night of the election she called us and said Lee based upon what I'm hearing she called Wanda and said Wanda I want you and Lee to come and stay with us a few days we will close the blinds and we just want you all to be safe this is based upon what they're hearing. I see your shock. I see your awe. Uh, and I'm glad you're shocked. I'm glad you're surprised. But there are stories that we're not going to share here on this format. But I'm telling you, when I, we are as divided as a, of a nation as we've ever been. This is Pew Research. Do your due diligence. Things are not good at all. And... Um, so, unfortunately, uh, the two institutions that I've given my entire life to, uh, that is education and faith, those two institutions lag behind significantly in having these conversations about looking in the mirror, uh, Aaron, and having the conversation with yourself that you said you had, 
hey, I'm not that person. And again, we've all been guilty of saying mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Expecting the mirror to say to us, you are, you are. And unfortunately, if the mirror could talk in Oklahoma, the mirror would not have some kind things to say to many of us. And I, I, I want to give people a safe platform to understand, listen, we didn't, we didn't start this mess. None of us did. We, had, we were born into uh, uh, an ugly house. And so now the only question is, will we continue to dwell in it or will we say, you know what, I want to clean it up. I want to clean up my home and I would like for someone else to help me inspect it. I'd like for someone else to help me. I welcome that. And I'm okay with being uncomfortable until we can create some comfort for for myself. And I want to give people a safe on-ramp in which to do that. I love people. I love people. And that love for people compels me to tell people who, who don't quite realize some of their, their blind spots. Um, uh, I, I'm comfortable having that conversation and helping us. I'm not saying I know it all, but I think my purpose on this, on this earth was to try to help children. Aaron, uh, you, you and I both know a number of people that have, um, that have, COVID, and I have reached out intentionally to my colleagues um, that I know that have had some children impacted with that, and to let them know, especially, I'm praying for you, babe. I love kids. Now, a lot of us say that. I truly do. And I'm a macho, macho, macho man. Look up the song for those of you not familiar with. I am a macho man. But you want to get me to water up in my eyes. I grew up in the old days. A man ain't supposed to cry. You want to see me cry. Let children be hurt. Mm. Let children suffer. I, I'm not the one. I can't, I can't sit by and allow that. So, Aaron, I, I thank you uh, for inviting me to be a guest on your program. I love uh, what I've heard in your previous episodes. I hope uh, that people will... Uh, listening to what you're uh, what you're putting out there f- to help us all be better um, at doing the work that we need to do in our schools. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, if you like what you heard, go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe to the podcast so that you're notified each time a new episode drops. If you're a returning listener, you should rate the podcast and leave us a comment. We do have the contest going on right now, and I have seen some new comments, so thank you for those. Tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.